Welcome to Lost in Translations, I'm your host Michael and I am joined today by Rachel Louise Ackers again and we are talking about African Psycho by Alain Mabachiku and this is translated by Christine Swartz Hartley and our copy is from Serpent Tale. Well, thank you for coming back onto the podcast. It's okay. I had fun last time. It's good to be back. Good. I'll have to have you on again. I think there's plenty of books that would be awesome to read with you. Yeah, definitely. I think you read the same edition to me, the Orange Serpent Tales. Yeah, yeah, I read that one. Yeah, I liked that cover. It was really good. Yeah, yeah. I I like these little Serpent Tale classics. I think there should be more of them. Yeah, Serpent Tale do like a lot of translations, don't they? Like they've done um, uh, the Book of Disquiet as well. Um, yeah. So I think they do quite a lot. I, yeah. I do like Serpent Tale. Yeah, well, they seem to have a good range, and this one seems to be perfect for you with all the connections yeah. to Camus and JD Salinger. On the back, yeah, like, basically listing all your favorite authors. Exactly, like literally had Salinger and Beckett and Camus and Dostoevsky. Yeah. And obviously, yeah, the title of the book is reminiscent of one of my favorite books. So it was just like, seemed like the perfect book that I should read. So I'm glad I've read it. Yeah, I had no idea it was Petra and the Rye. I know, I didn't either. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so... You're the expert in American Psycho, so how's it yeah. compare? I think, like, I get why um, it's named after American Psycho. The author's used a lot of the kind of inner monologue of Patrick Bateman to kind of help influence his writing. But like I kind of said in my review on Goodreads, I think it really differs in the fact that American Psycho is so obviously a comment on society and 80s society. Um, and kind of Reagan era, whereas I thought African Psycho really kind of was more of a look inwards to his head. And it didn't really comment on the African society he was in. Like we didn't even really know where he was in Africa and stuff. And, you know, I think it was more of a look inside to the protagonist rather than portraying the outside like American Psycho does. He was in the Republic of Congo. Oh, was he? Okay. Yeah, not to be know. cute, not <laughs> to be mistake for the Democratic Republic of Congo. Okay. Well, so um, one, one's the, French the, speaking and yeah. the other's Dutch. Oh, right, because it's translated from the French, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, well, for me, it's been a long time since I read American Psycho, so... Mm-hmm. I remember reading American Psycho and feeling like I was going psycho just with every reference to what he was wearing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I think um, he was able to capture that. Uh, Alan Baba Chuku was able to capture that with his, um, that same sort of obsession, but not with consumerism, obsession with serial killers yeah. and killing itself. Yeah, uh, I think, yeah. But I think, like, definitely more the um narrative was a lot 
was what I think was most reminiscent of American Psycho. I think like he's used a lot of um, influences like Dostoevsky and like Camus, um, and he's done a lot of kind of reading around of that genre. And I think that's kind of what really informed the book a lot more than kind of a social commentary kind of thing. Well, I, I was wondering if it was a social commentary on westernization of Africa. Like, Yeah, I get that, actually. Yeah, yeah all the references he makes for, to Western culture were things like Taxi Driver and American Psycho mm-hmm. and Serial Killers. I think a, a, lot to, a lot to do with that might be because I think he has a really kind of romanticised idea of what a killer is. Like, he yeah. looks at, um, who's Angolima? He looks at him and sees, like, a superstar. And, you know, he references all of these American films and books, like, they're kind of like manuals on what to be and stuff. And I think, I completely agree that he's kind of seen these things and he's really romanticised them. And he thinks that, that's kind of you know what he wants to be and I think he's been so kind of overwhelmed by Hollywood and overwhelmed by the Americanization romanticization of the serial killer and he's just kind of embedded that I think into his mind so that's what he wants to be yeah definitely I think there's a lot of similarities, but I think maybe this is more of a parody of American Psycho, more yeah. poking fun of it rather than emulating. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a homage to it at all. I'd say it was more kind of playing with that genre. Like I thought it had more to do with, you know, um, Perfume by Patrick Seusskind. I thought it had a lot more in common with something like that rather than American Psycho. I definitely don't think anything other than the title i don't think it was really trying to emulate it well perfume's another translation maybe we should do that one day yeah i I read it not long ago but i'd i'd like to read it again so we could do that yeah as long as we don't have to watch any red (laughs) maid no i've never seen like an adaptation of it so it would be cool it's not to, uh, too bad i saw the movie before i read the book you know that weird ending it's just oh, it's so movie. weird. Yeah, it's yeah, like, what it's the so hell? Strange. I know. <laughs> what did you think of the names of these towns? I thought they were quite bizarre. See, that was what kind of threw me off, like, where he was in Africa, because obviously the names are so strange and even, like, what is it, like, the names of... Like, there's not just the town, there's names of, like, loads of other stuff that are just yeah, like, really... Dad. Yeah, like and the red it, light district yeah. is the city yeah. of the dying. Yeah, it's so weird. I think I don't know if that's kind of again to do with like like Greg's head. Like maybe he just doesn't even notice what's around him. He's so kind of wrapped up in his own head that he's got his own little names for things and he knows what they mean, but no one else would kind of know what it meant, you know, if he was to say that. And I think that's kind of a forerunner to his kind of disintegration really the fact that he's kind of made his own little world and stuff and that's what he knows about his world yeah so his neighborhood was called he who drinks water is an idiot yeah took me a while to work out what he meant by that i know know. he kind of explained it didn't he yeah at one point yeah yeah i was trying to work out is it do they live in the slums and the water's bad or does everyone just drink a lot 
Yeah, I think everyone just drinks alcohol, don't they? Like all the time. So I struggled a little with with this, even though it was like 160 pages or 50 pages. Like I think for the first three quarters of it, it felt like a struggle. Yeah, I kind of felt that. I felt like it really gained momentum right at the end. When he kind of finally got to the act that you were kind of waiting to happen was when it started to actually feel like captivating and started to feel like it was building up to something. And I think a lot of the the first three quarters of it, I think that was a lot to do with it just being a coming of age story. Cause I definitely think that part of this book is a coming of age story. I mean, you do follow Greg from, you know, when he was a kid and you follow him kind of growing up. And I think even though he is, you know, a murderer and a, a psychopath, it is, you know, at the end of the day, it is an adolescent coming of age thing. And I think that was a lot of what was shown within the first three quarters. Uh, yeah. Well, without giving away the ending, I feel like it kind of made the book worth it in the end. It, like all came yeah. together and so, wow, that was really good. Yeah. I don't want to give it away either, but even though it was anticlimactic, it wasn't unsatisfying. Mm-hmm. I, Cause I yeah. felt like the writing, the writing really reached a peak for me, like at the end of the book. So I, was, I still yeah. felt satisfied yeah. by the end. I think when Baba Chuku stepped away from that obsessive kind of writing, his writing really came into play and it really makes me want to read more of his books. He's pretty yeah. prolific from what I can see. I didn't know much about what else he's written. I'll have to have a look because I really did yeah. enjoy the writing in this one, so I'd like to read more of his stuff. Yeah, he, he writes a lot about African life, but they all seem very different types of books. Yeah. So the one that I can think of is Black Moses, which I think is more like a look at religion in Africa. Okay, that sounds interesting. Yeah. I know he's written a few more that have been translated, but I can't think of their names. I don't know much about them, but after reading this one, I think his writing is definitely worth checking out. Yeah, I think his writing's really strong, so I'd like to read some more of his other stuff. Yeah, would you call him African Sam Beckett? I'm not sure. Like, I get it was pretty absurd, but, like, I feel like it's really weird to compare him to a playwright. Like, I've not read much of Sam Beckett's novels, so I'm really unsure how to, like, answer that. I guess, like, the absurdity was definitely there, but I'm not sure if I agree. Yeah, of all the names on the back, Sam Beckett seemed to be the one that, didn't quite seem to fit with the others. Yeah. Well, I don't, I'm not sure if even Salinger fit with it. Well, you know, it's like, like coming of age, everything's phony, everyone's fake kind of okay. feeling. Okay, yeah. I kind of get that. But I think, yeah, I guess. that That's how I interpreted the Salinger. Yeah. Like he didn't want to I be a fake, he wanted to kill someone. I don't know if I like, I, I mean, when I was reading it, I really, really was getting all these Camus vibes and all these Dostoevsky vibes and stuff, but I yeah, never yeah. really, really read something and thought, oh, that's J.D. Salinger. Like, I never got to a point like that, but saying yeah. that, I can see why they've kind of compared no, it to J.D. Salinger, but I never really found got to a point where I thought it was channeling Salinger, you know? Yeah, well, there was a part in the book where he was comparing himself to the character in The Stranger, Camus book. Oh yeah, where he's I trying to decide was... if he wants to use a gun. Yeah, yeah. I think that was a good way of like 
you know, paying homage to the influenced. Yeah, definitely. You know, the writer. So, yeah, I enjoyed all of the little, um, the kind of little references because I watched Taxi Driver for the first time the other day. Uh, So now I get get that reference now. Yeah, I've never (laughs) watched it before. I think the other movie references a lot is Scarface. Have you seen that one as well? Yeah, I've not seen that though. I need to watch it like as soon as I can. I feel like Scarface and Taxi Driver are probably in your type of genre of yeah i think they are yeah yeah definitely i think they probably inspired a bit of brett easton ellis well i well yesterday i watched um kill your friends which is like i don't know if you've seen it but it's basically american psycho set in the 90s music industry um and it's got nicholas holt in it and like there's a bit where he's sitting at his desk says to his secretary like oh, you look, like, really hot today. And I was like, that was basically the bit in American Psycho where he tells Jean, like, that he likes her outfit. And I was like, everything seems to just channel American Psycho that I watch, so. I have to see that because I really like Nicholas Holt in 90s. Yeah, I love Nicholas Holt. And so, yeah, I, I watched it last night and it was really, really good. And it's got, like, a good soundtrack as well. Um, and it's just it's really it's really funny. So I'd recommend that if you want to watch it. Yeah, I think I've got it on one of my streaming services, so I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Was there any other comparisons to American Psycho? What in African Psycho? Yes. I'm trying to think. Like, I feel like you I need mean, to dissect both of these books and see. Yeah, I think pick apart the writing because um, I don't think there was much well when I first started reading it there was a paragraph where Greg was kind of talking about how much he takes pleasure in thinking about killing and when he's kind of describing killing he's describing it in a very artistic and romanticized way and like you can kind of feel like this kind of pleasure underneath the words as he's kind of talking about you know what he's going to do and everything and when I was reading that, I kind of thought that's that's not what is in American Psycho. In American Psycho, he's so detached from yeah. everything that he's doing. And I thought, like, it's a complete, like, 180 to the way the murders are described in American Psycho. Because in American Psycho, he just talks about it like it's nothing and he just does it, you know, like he gets all this satisfaction from it. Whereas in African Psycho, he was really kind of savoring all these images that he was conjuring up and you could feel that he was really like getting a lot of excitement and pleasure from it. So I felt like there was a lot more, there's a lot more emotional depth to the writing in African Psycho, whereas in American Psycho, it's just so cold, so detached that you can go from describing some murder of a woman on one page to like a review of Huey Lewis on the news on the next page. And there's no difference in that tone Whereas in African Psycho, there was so much depth and emotion and anxiety and passion from that character, which I thought was quite strange considering their, you know, their titles are so similar. But I I think that the authors deliberately tried to move away from that coldness. I think he wants, like, as you said, I think he wants to put a different on that. So I think that's why he's done that. He wants to put a different spin on it, did you say? Yeah, yeah, I think he wants to, I don't think he wants to, like, 
write the exact same book. I think he wants to like stamp his own, like put his own yeah. stamp yeah. on that genre. You know what I mean? Well, I think there's that other murderer, Angel Lima, that had that yeah. detached kind of feel to him. So he kind of yeah, used him yeah. as the detached killer. Yeah, I really saw kind of Patrick Bateman and Angelima as very similar, whereas Greg's kind of just like this young boy who maybe wants to be Patrick Bateman that he's seen in the films. He yeah. wants to be Angelima that he's seen in the press. Um, so he's really kind of getting hyped up about it and he's got very kind of emotionally attached to it. Yeah, well, um, he hasn't killed yet. Exactly, yeah. So he's kind of romanticised that idea in his head without actually performing the action. And that's what I think like, the main difference is between it. It was definitely worth reading, I think, even though I thought it was a struggle for half three quarters of the book yeah like i said like it didn't blow me away as much as i thought it did and i think that's partly the fault of you know comparing it to dostoevsky and comparing it to yeah. salinger and camus that's like oh yeah yeah I, I think i thought about this book a lot longer than i expected to like i keep thinking yeah. about how it played out and i'll probably have to reread it again i think yeah, I definitely want to reread it again, especially kind of knowing the ending and knowing how good it's going to be at the end. Um, and I'd like to kind of dissect the writing a lot more. Well, worth rereading. Yeah, I don't think we need to uh, give recommendations because obviously we've got Crime and Punishment, The Stranger, and you mentioned Perfume as translations. Yeah. But can you think of any others? Um. I'm not sure. I mean, maybe Beckett, like, for the writing and for the absurdity. Um, yeah. But I can't, like, I'm just trying to try and think of any more, like, killer novels that I can recommend. Because I definitely think it's in that genre. Yeah. You know, it's really kind of rooted in that genre for me. Yeah, well, um, I haven't really read many I think the only other one I can think of is the Dexter series, which is not yeah. really the same. I'm rewatching Dexter. I've just finished season two. Okay. So, yeah. so yeah. I get that as well. Like Dexter's really like, I think it's more with American Psycho though. Dexter's really detached from his killing. Yeah. He's like very emotionless, isn't he? Yeah. Um, what I loved about Dexter was his trying to live in the world, trying yeah. to make those feelings. He does it really well, though, in Dexter, like the yeah. way he fakes, you know, you his relationships. The convenience store woman? No, I've been wanting to read that for ages. Not really. Uh, but I've killer, not read but it yet. Yeah. It's about a woman trying to, like, she doesn't know how to act in the world, so she gets a job in a convenience store, which tells her how to act and how she that should be. That's so Yeah, that sounds really good. It's kind of similar where she's tried just using the manual as a guide to how she should act. That sounds really good. I really want to read it. So I think I might get it from the library or buy it soon because, like, my friend just read it and she really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, well, so I, I think, think that's another good one to talk about at some yeah. point. I think... Um, it's not a translation, but I think the Wasp Factory is very similar to this as well. 
Well, I um, mentioned that. Wow, I love the Ross Factory. <laughs> no, I, I haven't read it. Um, Stephanie from a time to read keeps telling me I have to read it, and I've been it's literally, it. honestly, it's literally one of the most. I, I can't even describe it. Like it's such a whirlwind. Like at the end, I thought I was just going to cry because it's just like, oh my god! You just put it down, and you're like, what the hell? Oh yeah, maybe one day. I'm yeah focusing on translations a lot at the moment, so I think nausea definitely is like in terms of the writing and in terms of a, a young person kind of trying to deal with their own internal crisis is very similar to African Psycho as well. I think with nausea, I have to read it another fifty times before I can begin to understand it. <laughs> yeah, I don't fully understand it either, but I still love it. Yeah, it was a great book. I I really enjoyed it. I just in awe of his brilliance. Yep, same. Well, thank you for coming back on the podcast. No problem. I had fun. Yeah, we'll have to do it again. Yeah, we'll find some other existentially translations to read. I think they're all translations, aren't they? What? Oh, yeah, pretty much, to be honest, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, if you want existential, you're reading French books. I think we should read some Murakami as well because I'm desperate. I'm desperate to read some of his books, so we should read some Murakami. Rue Murakami, he's pretty out there. Yeah, yeah. I think we should. Murakami. Haruki Murakami. Haruki, okay. I thought you would be more into Rue. He does more horror psycho Okay, I might check him out. Yeah, he, he does disturbing books. Oh, nice. Like, like the In the Buso Soup, I think, was very... Oh, the Soup. I want to read that as well. So we can do either one, because I want to read both. <laughs> yeah, well, I, well, I'm i sure we'll find lots of books to read. You've already got a list of books. Yeah. Last time, well, since the last time we talked, you graduated. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you finally got it out of being a student. Yeah, I'm finally free from well technically not because i'm still having to write a conference paper because i'm going to a conference at the end of this month so i'll still have to write a paper for that but basically yeah i'm free from all academic deadlines apart from that one (laughs) until you do your phd yeah until i do a phd which (laughs) i'm excited and terrified about at the same time are you definitely going to go for it yeah, definitely. I just need awesome. kind of a break. So, but I am definitely going to do one. Yeah. You know, once you start earning money, you discover money's awesome and won't want to return. Yeah, that's true. It's actually quite strange to actually have money and not just be poor all the time. Oh, you so, can buy books. Exactly. I can actually buy and read books. It's great. Well, you probably have more free time now, wouldn't you? <laughs> Uh, I don't know because I'm no. working like yeah, but I feel like <laughs> yeah, I feel like a forty-hour work week is probably less than a study. No, it's it's well, it's it is less, but because we're studying, obviously your work is reading. Yeah, so you get That's more read. Whereas with yeah. work, you can't read at all because you you're working. So. You just have to work out how to get paid to read. I know, that would be the ideal job. All right, where can people find you if they want to? Um, you can 
You can find me on YouTube. Um, my YouTube name is just my name, which is Rachel Louise Atkin. Um, and I'm on Twitter and Instagram, so you can find me on there as well. Yes, and you've hit 1,000 subscribers. Yay, I hit 1,000 subscribers like a week ago. So I'm doing awesome. a Q&A if anyone's interested. Uh, so you can just When are you questions. recording that? Um, I'll probably leave it like a month or something so um, okay. so people can get questions in. So it'll probably go up um, at the start of November. All right. Well, this podcast should be up before then. So if people have questions for you, they can go to that video and ask them. Cool. All right. Thank you. No problem. All right. We'll do another one soon, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. We'll um, figure out what book we want to read and then... Uh. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have to one. pull names out of a hat, I think. Oh, I know. We've got so many that we should read. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you. Catch you. It's up. okay. Bye. If you want to support Lost in Translations, please go to patreon.com forward slash translations pod and all money there will help support the show. And please remember to subscribe. And while subscribing, please rate the show. This will help others find the podcast. All our links to social media are in the show notes and you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and Let's See under Translations Pod. Thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Walgarukabar and Bindal people. We acknowledge their ownership of this land and all the traditional owners in Australia and acknowledge their care of the land. This is a Macaulay Flower production. <laughs>